Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Detroit Lions Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Brown. And with me, as always, Scott Bischoff. Scott, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Good. I'm doing well. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. I mean, it's always good when when we're able to record uh, another episode of Bischoff and Brown here with the Detroit Lions podcast, uh, which you guys are probably watching right now on YouTube, or maybe you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your your streaming uh, podcasts and on those platforms. But uh, you guys can, of course, subscribe to the show at Detroit Lions Podcast on all platforms. So be sure to check that out and be sure to smash that uh, follow button. And again, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. But uh, we're back off the bye week. We did a show last week. We talked about the Raiders. We put the bow on that. We didn't preview the Chargers yet, so we're going to do that tonight. We had a little fun NFL draft topic last week, so that was fun. You can check that one out. You can also check out the other ones, like I said, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, But tonight, we're also going to throw in the NFC North. We just want to have a little brief discussion through the halfway mark. Who maybe is a threat? We got to talk Josh Dobbs. I mean, he's just the... He's the topic of discussion right right now. Um, so I think we'll talk briefly about him, and then we'll jump into the Chargers game, which is a very fun matchup to preview. So, I mean, let's just jump right into the NFC North and really what we think of this, this division right now. Um, you know, the Vikings are right behind the Lions, and, you know, a team that maybe looked like they were going to be done for, maybe they're going to hang around and compete a little bit. They're 5-4. and four. The Packers are three and five and the Bears are two and seven. But let's start with Josh Dobbs. Let's start with the Vikings. The takeaway from the game against Atlanta, the guy had no practice time. Bring them back into the mix and gets them the win. Did you watch this game? What was your take from this game? And really, what's your thought on Josh Dobbs? I mean, is he a quality backup QB right now? I think so. Yeah, he is for sure. He's super, super smart. So... (laughs) Rockets. Um, I, I, you know, I, s- some of us are just gifted that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and your people over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, th- I'm just kidding. Uh, no, he, I mean, he is a very smart, he's a very smart dude. It was very compelling to watch that and to watch it play out knowing how, uh, like, you know, I mean, you hear like, um, do you remember back in the draft process when Will Levis was able to repeat the verbiage of a play call and how you just kind of roll your eyes? And, oh, my God. You remember the, you remember a play call? Cool. But yeah. hidden in that stuff is how complicated all that shit really is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, some parts of a play call have to do with what the way you want the line to block things and, and what they need to know to do. And then it's. You know, anybody attached to the line, how are they helping? And then then it's uh, what are the receivers doing and what are, what are the progressions and all that stuff. So all that stuff, if you've been in and around, the, I mean, if, he's, if he had been with the Vikings for a few weeks, it, he would know it. But the fact that they were making that happen on the fly, and it's not just Dobbs either. It's 
like think about Kevin O'Connell and all of the offensive staff able to pull that off. Like, hey, I need you to say this string of of words to your teammates in the huddle. Yeah. And as soon as you're done, I'll tell you what all that shit means. Exactly. <laughs> right. And um, I just thought it was ridiculous. Now, did I I don't think he played great. He didn't need to. Uh, but still, the story is is going to be one of those stories that in 10 or 15 years, it's going to be, I mean, he, he's a legend for, for that stuff. And then obviously the long run, just silly. Um, he turned down an easy touchdown throw. I think to Hawkinson on that play. Mm-hmm. Um, but still like, you know, it's, a, it's remarkable. I, I, you know, anytime a team like that, a team like the Vikings, and I don't think they have a very good defense. So even last year, I thought they were a bit of a fraudulent team going into the playoffs and, it wasn't a great time for a team like the Giants to then beat them in the playoffs to give them some hope as to like, all right, this is that's not what you really are, kind of thing, right? But I, you know, I don't know that any of these teams are are like a total threat to where the Lions are. Uh, but hey, they're five and four, and Dobbs is very capable. They have lots of weapons. Addison's turned out to be a really good rookie wide receiver. You have Justin Jefferson. They just opened the window on him returning today, I believe. Uh, KJ Osborne is there. Hawkinson's there. They're not running the ball well at all. And I, and I think they're really, um, deficient on defense, but that team deserves some level of respect because they can score, Yeah, you know, at a high level. And if Dobbs plays at a, at a reasonable level for them, they'll be fine offensively. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why I, I wanted to have this conversation because like he hasn't been awful. Like he's not great by any means, but he hasn't been like, Oh man, like this guy shouldn't be playing at all. Like he is, he is a feasible backup for them. And I just wonder with Josh Dobbs, if a team would have invested in him and put time to build him and maybe put weapons around him, would he be starting at some point by now? Would he have been starting sooner? I feel like he would have been just because of what he's been able to do just the last 14 months. I mean, he's played for four different teams in 14 months. That is remarkable. And that's not because he's a, a terrible football player. It's he's a smart dude and teams understand that he might be able to fill the void for a couple of games. And then once they don't need that, they go ahead with the rookie starter or a veteran starter, whatever they need for that particular time. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, he went to Cleveland. He sat behind a, a suspended Deshaun Watson. He then goes to Tennessee. He plays behind Ryan Tannehill. He then gets out of there and he goes to Detroit for a little bit and he was out of here. And then I think he went to Tennessee. Then he goes to Arizona and we saw what he did. And like, that's just a bad football team. It's not just strictly on him. And then he goes to Minnesota and three days later, he wins a football game for him. Like, it's just, it's remarkable what he's been able to do. And people forget the start of his career. He sat behind Ben Roethlisberger. Like that's a Hall of Fame quarterback he was behind. So yeah, I I think you've nailed it as far as, uh, being like a quality backup, is he is he a guy who's going to carry a team as a as a starter who's a difference maker? No, right. But it, I can think of a whole lot worse players that you could have in a in a variety of ways as a backup. Um, just his football savvy, his football intelligence, and then um, what kind of a teammate he is and what kind of a person he is. It's exactly the p- kind of person that you'd want to have in a position to back up your starting quarterback. Exactly. exactly. So if anything comes out of this for him, and I hope for him, 
It's that he gets signed to a relatively good deal, right? For a for a, for some good term to be a backup somewhere. I mean, obviously, you know, for him, it'd be better if he started somewhere. Yeah, because well, I think he could play. But you know, um, yeah. big picture, great backup, a dude who should be on your who you should prioritize mm-hmm. as a. I mean, if you're a Lions fan right now, do you want Teddy Bridgewater or Josh Dobbs? Yeah. Great, great. You know, so it's give him his give him his credit. I mean, he deserves it. Yeah, uh, I thought he played pretty well in Arizona. It was it was a, that was a tell that they were just they were so willing to just move on from him with Kyler Murray returning. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they were going to. I wasn't yeah, I didn't certain that they were. So yeah and, yeah, and I just wonder with Dobbs too. Like, does he go? In a couple of years, is it the Geno Smith thing, right? Like where he's a backup, he's just not very good right now. And then all of a sudden it starts clicking. Is that time now? Is it the right spot for him with Kevin O'Connell and that team? And I just wonder, I mean, I think it's noteworthy because it's the Minnesota Vikings. If he was playing for the Cleveland Browns or the Carolina Panthers, I don't think I'd be having this conversation right now. But because yeah. it's in the division, it's worth having the conversation because it it just is. And they're five and four, and if he gets them on a roll, I'm, I'm glad we're playing them at the end of the year rather than right now because I just I don't know how it would turn out. I mean, I, I'm not saying Josh Dobbs is going to become Pat Mahomes 2.0 or be an MVP, but it just makes it just makes you wonder. So I don't know. Five and four Viking team. We play them the last you know two out of uh, three games at the end of the season. We'll see. I mean, that could be for all the marbles. I, I mean, they're not out of it yet. The Vikings are not completely out yet. And maybe Minnesota's the ideal spot for him in the future because uh, Kirk Cousins is coming back from a torn Achilles, and he's got to figure out his contract. So maybe they go. Yeah, with and the you know the interesting thing there too is if you're Minnesota, and I, I, I'm pretty sure I know where you're gonna where you're gonna land on this because you're a draft guy. <laughs> so I know I know where you're gonna land on it. Um, if you're Minnesota, do you take the opportunity after Cousins gets hurt to mail in the rest of the season? and get yourself a quarterback in the draft. And the answer for me, if I were, if I were that GM would be, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Let's, uh, and Michael but that, this is hard though. It's easy to say that in a vacuum without having any other information. Yeah. But it probably would be tough to walk into a locker room every day, knowing that these guys are busting their ass and how, and how much work they put in. And, uh, and a lot of them have bonuses and all these things that they may not meet because you're mailing it in to get a better quarterback for next year. That's tough. So Mm -hmm. uh, having said that, I'd still do it. (laughs) You know, I'm in my office making the saying this shit. So it's, it's like, you know, I don't have, I'm not obligated. I don't know anybody, any explanations, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this would have been a really nice opportunity for them just to say, all right, we're going to be in the top six or seven and we're going to get, a JJ McCarthy, right? And we're going to re- we're going to be able to reload our offense, and it's going to fix some of our fi- our financial issues and that kind of stuff. Dobbs is the opposite. Dobbs is going to win them games. Yep. He's going to put them in games. So, yep. uh, and, and again, he did beat an Atlanta Falcon team with a terrible head coach, a bozo of a head coach, and Arthur Smith. I mean, it just is what it is. The guy's a clown. He looks like a wannabe super trooper with his stupid mustache. I can't stand Arthur Smith. I did you see not- what he did today? What did he do? Shave his mustache? He's I think he shaved his mustache, but he gave like a five minute word salady answer about why Bijan's not getting carries in the red zone. And <laughs> it's literally that? like, okay, 
Um, every single person who listened to the him, you don't even need to listen to what he said. Just trust me. Everybody listening is dumber for having heard it. Oh my gosh. He's <laughs> like, such a crown, that guy. Yeah. And it's like, dude, come on. You know, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, they beat Atlanta, but still, Atlanta, you know, Atlanta's a reasonable team. It's just, you know, this is one of those things with with Minnesota and where the Lions are in the north. Like, you don't you don't want to have to contend with that. You don't want to deal with a team that's winning a bunch of games, especially a talented team on offense like that. Like, right. You know, no. They're winning games without Justin Jefferson. That's kind of scary. I know. I th- and that's that's what I'm getting at. It's like they're going to hang around. They're going to make it competitive. And yeah. at the end of the year, I don't think they're going to be an easy out. I really don't. Unless Dobbs goes down. If Dobbs goes down, then I think it's a different conversation. But yeah, they still have the weapons. They have the firepower uh, offensively. And Brian Flores can cook a defense together with with whatever. <laughs> I, I think it'll be fine. And. You know, to the draft point, I just I, earlier this week I had the thought, or earlier last week I was like, man, I wonder what this team would look like with Michael Penix. You know what I mean? Like, man, that would be a fun offense in Minnesota, and maybe that's the 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 route they go with Dobbs as the veteran for a year or two, and then they have Michael Penix, yeah. waiting in the wings. I, There's I a lot know. of like Bo Nix. Yeah, I think they'll be picking in range. I mean, this is going to be the the really one of the more interesting drafts. In a long time, just because, and, and we don't know which quarterbacks are in the draft yet, but Penix will be, Bo Nix will be. I mean, they're both like in their forties at this point, right? Like it feels yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I think that you know those two are in. You know that I would think Caleb Williams is in. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I would May's got to be. In, you know what I mean? Like so, there's quarterbacks all over the place. It's going to be really interesting to see how that that whole thing plays itself out. Oh, for sure. And it, and again, it'll be something that we talk about in the offseason. Uh, a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot. Uh, but moving to the next team, the Packers and Bears, um, you know, we can probably sum them both up fairly quickly, specifically the Bears. Um, here's my thought on the Bears. Fuck the Bears. Um, <laughs> to, to the Packers, I mean, they just can't get out of their own way. I think that they would be a decent team. If Matt LaFleur could call a game better, he just does not call the game right in the first half. Jordan Love can't get out of his own way with some of the mistakes. He holds onto the football too long. Um, I, I I don't like their wide receivers. I thought I was going to like their wide receivers, but Christian Watson's kind of a dud. Romeo Dobbs is up and down, and Jaden Reed's a rookie. So it's like, we'll see. I, I think he has potential. But other yeah, than I mean, that, Mus- Musgraves played pretty well for a rookie yeah. tight end. Uh, I will own the. I thought I thought Love would be much further along, and would be playing at a much higher level than he than he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where I worried about it in the off season. Like you know, generally speaking, teams don't move on from Brett Favre unless they know they've got somebody to replace Brett Favre, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And a team's not going to move on from Aaron Rodgers unless they know they have something, and that's Jordan Love. And that's kind of, you know what I mean? Like, teams yeah. just don't walk away from dudes who could still play. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers is a complicated dude, so there was some of that there. Mm-hmm. I just thought Love would play at a higher level than he has, and he's really limited their offense. I mean, really, he's, it's problematic. And then, you know, um, I don't know that they, they have not gotten in a, in a rhythm running the ball either. Um, and you have talent. 
maybe talented is not the right word for like Dylan. Dylan's just a big guy who's who's a big, heavy, you know, build up speed runner. I think Aaron yeah. Jones is a really good player. Yes. But they just haven't seemed to be able to get in rhythm and uh, in a, you know, just feeling it on offense and whether that's love stunting them or play calling combination of both uh, offensive line issues. Yeah. Young receivers who just are, who haven't progressed. Maybe it's all of those things, but it, right now I just wouldn't look at green Bay as a team that you have to worry so much about. Um, you know, they have a lot of issues. So no, they do. And it, I mean, a lot of it starts up front too, offensive line wise. And you mentioned the run game. It's a great point. I mean, and, when you when you tie in the offensive line, you tie in that AJ Dillon's just kind of a guy. You, he shouldn't be a guy that gets you fifteen to twenty carries a game. He's one of those guys that probably gets you five to eight. And then ultimately, Aaron Jones was out with that hamstring. They eased yeah. him back in two weeks ago. He got involved this past week, and it, it just kind of feels odd. Like they didn't they beat the the Rams twenty to three, but like it felt like it could have been more. And I think that's what it boils down to is. It feels like the Packers could be more. It feels like they could be five and three rather than three and five. But players like Jordan Love and the health of a running back and certain players defensively and offensive line wise, and even again, even the head coach, I just wonder if those players are bought into Matt LaFleur completely. It just doesn't feel like it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm on the outside looking in, but No, I think you're a hundred percent right. They are they're not. It it just it just doesn't feel like it. It yeah. looks like it just I don't know. And I wasn't the biggest Jordan Love fan either coming out. I just, I, he wasn't my cup of tea and it kind of terrifies me because when I watch Jordan Travis, I'm like, man, is this Jordan Love 2.0? Like, I'm not trying to compare the Jordans here, but kind of replicated like styles of play here. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jordan Love's just interesting. And, and you're right. You don't, you don't move on from Favre or Rogers if you don't have somebody and they did. So it, it's kind of surprising that he hasn't been the guy, but maybe Maybe he turns it on in the second half of the season. Um, Maybe, but to this point, it's very underwhelming what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. We're, we're good. We're, right, which we're, we're fine with. And then underwhelming, the Bears. Justin Fields will be back when he plays us. I don't think he'll be back this week for Carolina, but when he plays us, I think he'll be back. I, I don't know if you agree with that, but that's what I, no, I Yeah, I think he's listed as doubtful for this week. But yeah, um, and you know the legs are a problem. You, you get a you know, pressure. He's going to hold the ball for a long time. He's going to he's going to put it into a dangerous place here or there. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a matter of how do you mitigate his running and just kind of force him to beat you as a quarterback. Uh, the Lions did that pretty well last year, even though they gave up huge plays to him. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you know, interesting games coming up, but you know, um, DJ Moore has been good there, but yeah, you know, and then. Uh, we talked last week, we talked about the trade deadline stuff and some of the confusing, you know, timing behind the a Montez sweat trade and extension. And especially if you're moving on from fields, which they could easily do mm-hmm. in this off season, you know, it's just, it's an interesting, what the bears are doing is interesting and not necessarily in a good way. Right. Uh, as far as figuring out how, what to do, you know, team wise. But we're also good with that too. So, yeah, cool. yeah, no, and I mean they're behind the eight ball completely. They're two and seven. It's going to be a tough stretch for them to even really be competitive. I, I, I think we don't have to worry about them too much when it comes to the division, and that's really what it boils down to. The Lions are in the driver's seat for the first division title since '93. 
Uh, we're not going to go over what we were doing back in 93 because I know what I was doing. And uh, you probably had hair then, so it was different. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to throw that in there. But it's good. Um, we'll, we'll jump to uh, the preview here. Chargers on the schedule this week, 4 o'clock, SoFi Stadium on the road. You brought up a great point before the show of the Lions not winning on the road in in the West Coast in some time and or they haven't played on the road excuse me yeah. in, in the West Coast in some time and we went back to 2021 and like you, you mentioned Kansas City to start the year but you go back to 21 they play the Rams they they played the Seahawks not great games I mean you told me you're nervous about this game what what makes you nervous is it the West Coast thing so I'm not it's not I'm not nervous and I'm and I you know I don't want to call it a trap game or anything it's not it's nothing like that it's just the Lions haven't traveled. They haven't had to travel. So, yeah, I racked my brain for, and it's not like that's a big job, but like, you know, I, <laughs> I thought about it for a while. Like, when's the last time, when's the last time they, they went out and they played in California or, out, you know, way out west? Yeah. And, you know, it was the 2021 season. And, and to me, there's like a, that's a whole. That's a different team than than what we had the what the Lions had last year, and it's just like okay. So for one and a half seasons, the entire 2022-23 season, and through eight games and the bye week this this year, the Lions really haven't had to travel a long distance like that. And some teams travel well, and some teams don't. Obviously, they went to Kansas City and they won in Week One. They went to Dallas. I want to say Dallas was last year. Um, it was a loss, yeah. but still it's, there's a little travel involved there, but it's just the unknown of, they haven't been an East coast, uh, you know, an East coast, Eastern time zone team traveling out to play, you know, in California in a few years. And I just don't know. There's some unknown there. Mm -hmm. Now I, I'm not nervous about Matt, the matchup. I mean, it's uh, you mentioned it earlier, and I think it's the perfect way to put it. It's an exciting matchup. Like this is going to be a fun game to watch. The Chargers are a fun team. They have talent all over the place. You know, it's between Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler. You have uh, Keenan Allen. Um, I know that there's they're you know they're without Mike Williams, and that's a big deal right now. Um, Quentin Johnston is just not. He's not Jordan Addison. <laughs> It's been kind of rough, right? So, yep. um, but you know, Rashawn Slater's there. You know, they have they have making they they have good pieces all all over the place. And then on defense, you have Joey Bosa, you have um, you have Derwin James. You've got there's they have dudes, but their defense is underperforming, and it's confusing. You have a very defensive minded head coach, and their defense is not very good. It's a little bit like the Arthur Smith conversation. You know, he's a run game coordinator. That's kind of what he does. And their running game's not very good right now. What are you doing? So I do think the Lions are in a, you know, they they have pretty serious advantages over the Chargers. The Lions are playing really well. Uh, but, you know, coming off the bye, traveling out there, that kind of stuff. And, it's, and, you know, in the end, I think that can you keep Justin Herbert looking out of sorts a little because he has looked I don't know how much you've seen of them um, but he just looks out of sorts the offense yeah. looks out of rhythm 
Uh, they don't look comfortable. He doesn't look comfortable. And so keep pressuring him. So I don't know, you know, maybe that means a little bit more of the kind of blitzing they did against the Raiders where you brought a lot of, a lot of linebacker pressure. Right. And you just made it so he can't sit back there and pick you apart. Yeah. And I would, ex- I, you know, so there's the there's the, the two ways that they, that they have done things, which is playing lots of contain and not necessarily trying to get home and dropping a bunch of guys in the coverage as opposed to being super aggressive and getting after a quarterback and making him f- feel uncomfortable. And I kind of hope they get after Herbert and make it so that he's not comfortable in this game and not let him just pick pick them apart on defense. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the Lions come into this healthy. The Chargers do too. So super exciting matchup. I think, I think this could be a lot of, there could be a lot of points in this game. Yes. You know, I don't know what the over under is. I don't know, you know, any of that stuff or what the implied numbers or any of those things, but I would expect uh, Vegas to think this is a bit of a higher scoring game. Yeah. It's uh Vegas has got it at a three point spread and the over under is 48 and a half. The next closest was Broncos bills on Monday night at 47 points and the Texans Bengals was 47 and a half. So this is the highest total of the weekend. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting because I'm with you in a sense, like it's always nerve wracking. Every game is nerve wracking in a sense. And it's one of those, like it's exciting. And I, you don't want to say the word trap, but it does like things do feel trappy at times, especially when you consider the situation. You're going to the West Coast, you're playing out there for the first time really that far west since 2021. Yeah. But at the same time, 2021 was a completely different team as it is now. And I just will say this, the Chargers have won two in a row, but they beat a bad Bears team with uh, that Tyson Bagnet in his first start. And they just played the Jets, who if 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 the Jets had a quarterback, man, they would have beat they would have beat the Chargers. It just is what it is. Like they would have yeah. beat them. And yeah. that defense played well. They sacked um, Herbert like six times. And I will say it, it does worry me a little bit having to worry about Bosa and Khalil Mack and yeah. that that Thule Tupoloto kid from USC up the middle, he's played really well, but I don't know, man. This th- It's a three-point spread for a reason, and I think Vegas knows that the, Vegas just knows, man, and, Ve- and like the Lions are going to come in, and, and it might only be a three-point game, but I just got a hunch that the Lions are going to come in, and they're going to do their jobs like they've been doing. They get everybody back, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, David Montgomery's back. Like, yeah. It's exciting, and I think this offense is going to be able to operate fully for the first time. Um, Do you feel like the Lions have played a complete game? I mean, I I think they did against Kansas City-ish. Yeah. But, I mean, I know that they waxed Carolina. Right. And you you beat Tampa, but you didn't play – you haven't played great in those games. Yeah. I mean, Green Bay, I would say they they played – I would say that was a complete game, right? I mean, The first half was this dominant, yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. say that that game is a <clears throat> pretty good example. But I mean, no, you're probably right. I mean, some of the games you're just beating up on some bad teams, but you still got to beat up on those teams. Like they deserve the beating. They got to they got to take it, and you got to you got to give it. And I think it's one of these types of games. I just I don't know that going into this show, you you're making me reconsider everything. But going into this, I look at the Chargers. I just don't think they're that good, and. 
Maybe I'm overthinking it, but I watched the Bears game because the last two games for them have been prime time. And I watched the Bears game. I broke it down. I watched uh, the Jets game. Haven't broken that game down yet. A lot of the quick passing game stuff that we saw from Justin Herbert coming out of Oregon, which I thought was going to be his Achilles heel, and it opened up the deep passing game. But now that Mike Williams, like you mentioned, is done for the year with the torn ACL, they don't have that deep threat anymore. So everything is really underneath. It's Keenan Allen on crossers. It's wide receiver screens to Quentin Johnston because there's a misconception with Johnston. I mean, he's 6'4", 215. He runs like the wind blows, but he doesn't create separation. And yeah. his biggest asset coming out of CCU was that he was a big, fast receiver that could run those wide receiver screens. But he didn't always yeah, have he needs, he needs manufactured touches and he's a finesse. He's, exactly. kind of a, he's, a, he's a small player in a big man's body. Yeah, I just I think the biggest threats outside of Keenan Allen are Gerald Everett. Once he gets going, he's pretty tough to bring down, and he's consistent with like stick routes and things in the middle. And then obviously you just have to honor Austin Eckler. But yeah. they don't run they don't run the ball very well. And the Lions, even if they did, the Lions stopped the run. So now you're one dimensional, and the Lions have been phenomenal in pursuit with Alex Anzalone, Jack Campbell, Brian Branch. So like. I don't know. I just look at it and I, 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 if they can get some type of a pass rush and Hutch can get out of the, the, this stretch of not getting a sack, I think they're going to be just fine. I really do. And I think that three point spread is, is really telling on the road for the first time since 2021 this far west. I think Vegas is backing them because they know they're an elite team. And when you look at offensive analytics, the Lions are up there with the Bills and Eagles for elite offenses in the league. And, the Chargers aren't there. So I just, I think. Yeah, I'm no, I'm aboard. I'm, I'm totally on board with that same stuff. Like just neutral field. I think, you know, yeah. um, the Lions are in a great position, both offensively and defensively in this game. You, you know, I mean, but it's not a neutral field. So it's like, you know, you, the travel thing is a thing. How much? I hope it's not a thing. You know, <laughs> I hope we giggle at it next week. Right. Uh, but. I do think the Lions are in a really in a, in a nice position. They should be able to get pressure on Herbert. They really should. And then it's uh, do you bracket Keenan Allen? What do you do? What do you do there? What um, you know what I mean? Like, how do you try to limit him? Prevent him from just you know twelve catches for one hundred and fifty yards and a touchdown kind of thing. Right. Uh, Eckler's another story. Like he he's a really good player. He's a very like they're, if you're a fantasy football player, this is a dream matchup, right? This is this should be one of those. There's going to be somebody who goes off in this game. Who is it going to be? I don't know. But you know, Laporta could have a really good game here. Yeah, coming back. Yeah, I mean, he's Jeff. Yeah, he's, and he yeah. should. And exactly. Should you get Montgomery back? You've got Gibbs rolling. Uh, Amon Raz ready to go. Like there's just. I feel good about it in every way. Yeah, it's just the travel. That's all. No, I, I get I, it. I think they're in a good place. I really, I do. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. Absolutely. I I, I will say, you talk about the weapons. You bring up every great point as far as all the players. Kind of feels like a JMO spot, right? Like, is sure this does. is this one of those spots? And we talked about it a few weeks ago, and he had the touchdown, and then obviously he had the bad game against Baltimore, but like. You got the weapons all on the field now. Does he break free finally? And does golf hit him in stride? And does it does it work? I mean, 
He could have scored against the Raiders on a crossing route that we talked about. And he fell, but ultimately, I think the receiver got in his way, uh, his teammate got in his way. Because yeah. uh, I, I rewatched that. I rewatched that interception again. And I think you're right. I don't think Goff got enough as he was trying to throw that one away. Um, so I think if they can eliminate some of those little mistakes, I think they're going to have a big day. And I, I, I don't know. I'll probably be rolling to Lions minus three with my bet slip at, at Russ NFL Draft on Twitter. So you can go ahead and, and check those out and ride the bet with me. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else to add. I mean, I think it's it's a good game. It's a fun game. It should be a game that the Lions win. I feel like it's a must win for Detroit just simply because when you look ahead and we take them one day at a time here, but you look ahead, you got two divisional games. You got to go to New Orleans. You got to go to Chicago. The four game stretch there after this game is not necessarily a cakewalk by any means. It's not It's not completely difficult. It's very winnable, but yeah. You still got to go on the road twice. You still got to play divisional teams three out of four times. So, well, they all matter too. Is at the end of the season, you're, we're, when we when we're talking about home playoff games and and the ability to not have to go somewhere else, um, these kind of games are huge. Yep. So, you know, if they want to challenge Philly for the number one seed, or if they want to lock in the two seed, you can't lose this kind of game. This is this is one. I mean, I know the NFC games are more important, but mm-hmm. like these kind of games, games that you should win, you you need to win. And yeah. I just think that the Lions play a reasonably good football game. They're fine. Yep. No, and I think and I think that's the thing too, right? Like their identity is control the clock, long drives. So if they have a couple of six or seven minute drives and get points, even if that means taking field goals, I think they're going to be just fine because. I, I would be a little surprised if Herbert went down the field every single time he touched the ball. I just would be. I mean, I'm not discrediting him. I like Herbert. He's got a powerful arm. I, again, I like their offense for for the most part, but they're missing players. Their offensive line is is very inconsistent. So, I, don't I, I mean, I think that if Herbert does that, it just there's an element of the Lions were not able to create any pressure at all, yeah. and if you can't do that, you're in trouble against almost anybody you play in the NFL. So right. um, I think the Lions will generate pressure. They can do it a variety of ways. Uh, against this offensive line, I think you're able to do it conventionally with your four-man front. Yep. I think you can do it blitzing. I think there's a you know there's a variety of things that you can do um, to create pressure and to make him uncomfortable. And I, I do hope we see some of that because he has looked rattled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it coincides with the destruction of his finger, but it might. And, you know, I, I mean, pressure is a real thing. It's, you know, when you make these guys uncomfortable, it, it, playing, playing quarterback's tough. It's a, it's a hard job. It really is. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, if the Lions can, cre- if they can harass Herbert enough to make him un- uncom- uncomfortable and protect Goff enough to let him just play a very settled comfortable game again they should be okay yeah no absolutely and well i mean again we'll see how it it all kind of shakes out i mean the chargers are are relatively balanced between you know what they do offensively with whether it's a, a short pass or a deep pass i mean um we'll, we'll kind of see i mean they don't run a ton of i mean they, they run 29 percent of their plays or play action so we'll see i mean that's fifth most in the nfl so the lines kind of got to be prepared for that and the key is is and the reason they do that is simply because Keenan Allen is so effective 
with the short area stuff that he can do. So they try to draw those linebackers and open things up. So yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I don't have anything else to add. We're not going to do score predictions because we don't do that on the show, the show anymore. Um, nope. Those days are over. Yeah. I, I don't know if you got anything else to add. I'm excited for Sunday. I'd love to know what everybody thinks is going to happen in this game. I would love to, to talk more on the YouTube comments. So be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show here on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, at Detroit Lions Podcast. But do you have anything else to add, my friend? No, I, we're good. I, I think, if, I mean, if people want to talk about it, you know, hit us up on Twitter, tag us both into the Twitter conversation. We're good. You know, it's good. We, you know, yeah. Up for yeah. that for sure. And uh, yeah. make sure that you're, make sure that you're tuning into everything that Detroit Lions podcast is doing. It's awesome. It's doing, it's great stuff. So it's good. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we got to tip the hat to to Chris and Jeff for the 24 hour yeah. stream they did, which you guys can rewatch that episode. Tons of great guests, Dan Miller, Herman Moore, Scott Bischoff, Russ Brown, so many great guests. Uh, it, it was, it was awesome. Um, and it, it all went to a good cause. A uh, bunch of money was donated to St. Jude. So Great stuff by those guys. And like like Scott said, follow everything that we do. I mean, everybody's doing a great job here on the network, so it's been great. We're happy to be a part of it. We're hoping you guys are liking it. So he's Scott Bischoff. I'm Russ Brown. Go Lions, Chargers on Sunday, uh, 4 o'clock. We'll talk to you guys next week. Until next time, this is Bischoff and Brown. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. Yes! <laughs> You've had enough of that shit.